Thanks for tuning in to the Tom Nicola podcast, the audio version of my written articles. Before we delve into today's article, I want to mention a couple of things I offer outside of my articles themselves. First, the Nicola newsletter. Each Thursday, I send out the Nicola newsletter, which includes two of my own articles and a number of other published pieces I've discovered the previous week. My subscribers love getting the variety of content, which, for the most part, centers on faith, fitness, and fortitude in this increasingly crazy world. Of course, the Nicola newsletter is free. Just go to tomnicola.com slash subscribe. Second, I have to mention my online fitness program, Vigor Training. As a member, you get access to a variety of my personally designed strength and conditioning programs, a weekly curriculum of lifestyle and nutrition education, an exclusive community forum, and twice-monthly group video calls, all for only 29 bucks per month. At least, that's the nominal monthly rate at the time of this recording. To learn more or join us, go to tomnicola.com slash vigor. That's V-I-G-O-R. All right, on to the article. COVID psychosis, suicides, and fallen athletes. Now that we're 22 months into the two weeks to slow the spread, the effects of COVID-19 make the idea that the virus is a bioweapon seem more and more plausible. On top of that, the vaccine initiative seems to be part of the same orchestrated plan that unleashed the virus. Of course, that entire paragraph would be labeled by mainstream media as misinformation, but that's what happens when you see cracks in the storyline laid out by the propaganda machine. While the public's attention is on the idea that COVID-19 is a respiratory infection, millions of people are suffering from effects that have nothing to do with their lungs or heart. And the vaccines that are supposed to save people from those respiratory infections, which they don't really do anyway, may cause the same problems that the virus does. Not to get sidetracked from the content of this article, but keep asking yourself this question. If the vaccine causes similar problems to the actual virus, and we're encouraged to get the vaccine because we're told it'll protect us, doesn't it seem like the agenda is really just to make sure that we get hurt rather than helped? Anyway, back to the blog post. The COVID complications nobody is talking about. This past week, I came across a couple of disturbing videos. One was from Kyle Warner, a professional mountain bike racer in which he shares the aftermath of his vaccination. The other is a montage of news headlines calling attention to the deaths of high caliber and professional athletes. Here's part of Kyle's video shared by Frank Grimes Jr. on Twitter. He also includes a link to the whole video on Instagram. Obviously, you're listening to the audio version of this. I can't play the actual clip, so I hope that you'll check out the article on my website, tomnicola.com, and check out the Twitter video and YouTube video that I'm going to talk about next. Not only does Warner unnecessarily suffer from heart problems that have sidelined him from competition, but he also experienced firsthand the vile cognitive dissonance of fans who refuse to accept that the vaccines carry significant risks. On top of that, he knows multiple people from his vaccine injury group who've committed suicide after getting their vaccines. One person would be a coincidence. Multiple people is a pattern that should cause researchers and concerned adults to pay attention. 
The next section includes the video of the athletes or the headlines of all of the athletes that have died. You might have heard that healthy professional level athletes were dying, but gave it little additional thought. Seeing their numerous names and faces in the video makes it real. You can't dismiss it after seeing it firsthand unless you're so mentally deranged that you won't believe what you see. I also came across this tweet from Vance Murphy. This is on Twitter. It says, what are the odds that I could find 20 medical doctors actively practicing that died within three weeks of each other? I'm not insinuating correlation to the booster that started early October. And in the tweet, he includes all of the pictures of the obituaries of all of these doctors. 20 middle-aged doctors dead within a few weeks of one another, and the timing coincides with the booster shot rollout. I'm sure none of this will change the minds of those committed to living in dystopia. I simply share it for those whose minds have been opened and need reassurance that we're not getting the whole truth. In today's blog post, I want to call attention to a few things I've yet to cover in this COVID circus. COVID-19 and the vaccine's impact on cognitive function, psychosis, and suicide risk, heart problems in healthy people, and the normalization of COVID-connected health problems. COVID-19, the vaccine, and mental dysfunction. According to a case study in the British Medical Journal, a 36-year-old female nurse tested positive for COVID-19. Four days later, quote, she was noted to have an acute, rapidly progressive change in her behavior characterized by prominent persecutory delusions and decreased sleep. Her delusions were primarily directed at her partner and focused on the safety of her children and personal finances. She believed her partner was attempting to kidnap her children and steal her COVID-19 stimulus money. Collateral information from the patient's family reveal, revealed that she had been engaging in ruminative, persecutory thought patterns centering around being tracked by cell phones in the days preceding hospitalization. This began after a domestic dispute with her partner. Her symptoms culminated in the patient attempting to pass her children through a local fast food restaurant drive through in an effort to prevent their kidnapping, at which time first responders were notified and she was transported to the hospital. Smith CM et al. Another case published in Psychiatry Research described a 31-year-old male following his COVID-19 vaccination this way. A 31-year-old single Hispanic male without past medical or psychiatric psychiatric history was brought to the emergency room by police because of his erratic and bizarre behavior. He was found to be anxious, guarded, superficial, and grandiose. He reported becoming clairvoyant, being able to talk with dead people, hearing people drumming outside his house, and the constant voice of a co-worker whom he believed to be a paramour. It was later confirmed that there was no romantic relationship. All these symptoms began one month ago after receiving the first dose of an mRNA-based COVID-19 vaccine and markedly worsened three weeks later after receiving the second dose. Reinfeld S. et al. I included both case studies so as to not discount the effects of a COVID-19 infection 
while also pointing out another issue related to the mRNA vaccine. In both scenarios, patients developed severe mental health problems. The media hasn't covered this topic much, except when pointing to social isolation and fear from the virus as causes of depression. In February 2001, The Lancet published a study of 62,354 COVID-19 patients. They found that 5.8% of patients who had never been diagnosed with a psychiatric disorder developed one, and a total of 18.1% of patients developed a psychiatric disorder. The most common disorders were anxiety, mood disorders, and insomnia. A small but significant percentage developed psychosis. Brain fog and fatigue are also common symptoms. Neurological issues are associated with long COVID syndrome, which affects as much as 50% of the COVID-19 population. Again, this was back in February, when the vaccines had just started rolling out. Evidence today indicates the vaccines could contribute to similar mental health issues. The spike protein and neurological problems. The spike protein, which is what distinguishes the virus as a coronavirus, causes multiple biological problems, which may impact cognitive function. According to Theo Hardy's TC et al., detrimental effects of spike protein include SARS-CoV-2 entry into target cells, endothelial damage, pro-inflammatory cytokine release, TLR activation, microglia stimulation, and molecular mimicry with chaperone and heat shock proteins. The endothelial damage and cytokine release could cause significant brain dysfunction or damage. Some research suggests it could weaken the blood-brain barrier. Animal research shows the S1 protein could pass across the blood-brain barrier, causing damage even if the brain isn't technically infected with the virus. Chin Xiang explained another potential mechanism from a paper published in The Lancet. Quote, ACE2 is the receptor SARS-CoV-2 that causes COVID-19 uses to enter cells. ACE2 co-expresses and co-regulates with dopa decarboxylase, DDC, an enzyme that makes serotonin and dopamine, neurochemicals involved in depression and anxiety. Upon cell infection, SARS-CoV-2 engulfs the ACE2 receptor, which lowers ACE2 expression on the cell. This decreases DDC expression as well, halting the production of dopamine and serotonin. Low serotonin and dopamine would certainly explain the insomnia, depression, and anxiety. In extreme psychosis cases, suicide risk rises significantly. Unfortunately, many who, help, who develop COVID-19 get pressured to isolate, which only increases the risk further. As one paper pointed out, quote, It has been noted that from January to July 2020, 635,000 people died from COVID-19. However, the number of deaths by suicide is not much lower, 462,000. If governments invested in suicide research and prevention only 5% of what they invest in dealing with COVID-19, we could save thousands of lives. Sure, L. So, 
COVID-19 causes heart and lung problems in some people, and in others, it causes significant cognitive dysfunction. Knowing this, it's hard to dismiss those who claim the virus was created as a bioweapon instead of randomly showing up in nature. I want to also note that the environment we find ourselves in today only serves to add mental stress. Perhaps that is by design as well. The spike protein in the vaccines. Each of the big vaccine companies are taking in revenues of about $1,000 per second. They have a vested interest in keeping the public's eyes off of the risks associated with the vaccines they sell. They also invest more than $6.5 billion per year in TV advertising. So you won't see or hear the network doing anything to discredit their advertisers. The government has also given them extra protection by making it nearly impossible to sue them if you have a significant adverse event. All that to say, you can't expect to get honest information from these places when it comes to the risks associated with the vaccines. Yet, the vaccines cause you to create the very spike proteins known to cause damage in the body by the virus. We've been told that the vaccine's mRNA molecules and the spike proteins produced based on their instructions stay in your shoulder. Some do, which is why you end up with so much pain at the injection site. However, a significant amount of the spike proteins enter the lymphatic system and travel throughout the body, which allows them to reach your organs, like your heart and brain. That would explain the numerous cases of myocarditis, vaccine-induced prothrombotic immune thrombocytopenia, or VIPIT, Bell's palsy, and Julian-Barre syndrome. It also adds legitimacy to the anecdotal cases of severe depression, psychosis, and suicide we've started to hear about. Heart problems. In 2020, we saw numerous people with pre-existing health conditions succumb to COVID-19. Clearly, being overweight, having heart disease, being diabetic or immunocompromised, or very old significantly increased the risk of death. With the availability of the vaccine, we're seeing similar outcomes in people who are seemingly healthy, young, and even athletic. It would be easy to dismiss heart problems in older adults, but when seemingly healthy, young, and middle-aged adults, and even high-performance athletes suffer from heart problems, you can't convince us that they're eating too much sugar and fat like the media would like us to believe. Anyone with a small amount of nutrition knowledge knows that it takes years, sometimes decades, to develop heart disease through diet. If you see a rapid uptick in heart attacks, it probably isn't diet. It's probably something else, like COVID-19 and the COVID-19 vaccines. If you've been following the science, you know that heart-related problems make up the majority of severe adverse events. Of course, the media downplays the risk. For example, this from the New York Times, quote, So how common is myocarditis, really? And should parents be concerned about vaccinating their children? Absolutely not, said several experts familiar with the recent studies. While the vaccines made by Pfizer Biotech and Moderna seem to be associated with an increased risk of myocarditis, the absolute risk remains very small. Most cases are mild and resolve quickly." End quote. As a parent, I simply cannot understand 
exposing my child or grandchild to the risk of a vaccine when their risk of severe infection from the virus is minuscule. What about athletes? Their hearts are pretty important to their performance, and yet the organizations that manage them all but force the vaccines in their arms. Level-headed athletes like Aaron Rodgers might withstand the pressure, which is why he's a stellar quarterback to begin with, but most have given in. What happens when children start showing signs of heart complications now that they're getting vaccinated? Will the government and media continue downplaying the risks? Will parents continue to justify their decision to vaccinate their kids as being for the greater good, even after they suffer from health problems? Wait for the new normal and health problems. In my lifetime, I don't expect any responsible party to take responsibility for the lives they've hurt by exaggerating the risks of the vaccines or by overplaying the risks of the virus. Instead, I expect all involved in the propaganda to continue creating new cover stories. We've already started to see some of them. They'll attribute heart conditions to people's diets, use of cannabis, eating meat, and the virus itself, pointing fingers at the unvaccinated as the perpetrators. They'll suggest depression and suicide stem from economic uncertainty, which the Biden administration will never take responsibility for, ongoing social isolation from lockdowns necessary because of the unvaccinated, racial strife, or the threat of gun violence. By the way, in the midst of the chaos of 2020, suicides actually dropped. And if the public doesn't buy any of those, they'll just resort to climate change as the catch-all cause of societal and personal problems, which justifies more government and less personal freedom. None of this is normal in a constitutional republic, but it is in a communist country. Each week, we take one step closer to a world envisioned by Marx and Lenin and away from the one Washington through Trump vowed to protect. Thanks again for listening. If you like this content, please leave a rating on the podcast platform you're using and pass it along to others who'd find it helpful. Keep growing your faith, improving your fitness, and building fortitude.